seat. For the past about a year, this congregation has been searching for just the right person to replace me and allow me to take a less public and less demanding role uh, in this church. And God has brought us that man. And along with him, he brought a wonderful woman. Jimmy and Gail Sportsman are now parts of this church family. And they both bring their considerable and unique talents and skills and abilities to help us in our common journey with God. And I think it's right and it's good that we take time to formally recognize this transition and to ask God to bless it. Now, such transitions are sometimes pointedly recognized in Scripture. We see examples of it in both the Old Testament and the New. In 1 Kings chapter 19, God instructed the renowned prophet Elijah to pass on his work to Elisha. And that transfer that, well, it was done symbolically when Elijah threw his cloak around Elisha's shoulders. His cloak. I think the King James Version says it was his mantle. The Hebrew word really means blanket. It's what a Hebrew man or a prophet would wear when he was out in the elements. And they worked together side by side for a time. And then Elijah went to be with God. And Elisha wore Elijah's cloak. And he served as God's prophet. Now, I am by no means Elijah. And Jimmy is no Elisha. But the symbolism of officially passing the role of leadership is worthy of our attention. In the New Testament, when his disciples reported to John the Baptist that Jesus was baptizing more followers than John himself was, John replied, I am filled with joy at his success. He must become greater and greater, and I must become less and less. Again, I, I, I'm no John the Baptist, and Jesus or J- Jimmy is not Jesus Christ. We're both merely servants of Jesus. But the passage shows us that John and Jesus themselves endorsed intentionally passing along the role. Of leadership. Well, we don't have Elijah's cloak with us here today, and we don't have the living word standing here before us in the form of Jesus Christ. But we do have the written word, the Bible, the inspired word of God, and we do have a Hebrew prayer cloth that has both, well, has the Lord's Prayer on it, both in English and in Hebrew. 
In a moment, I will read the English and Jimmy will read the Hebrew. <laughs> Shalom is the only word I know in Hebrew, too. To symbolize the biblical precedent of passing on leadership roles, I'm going to give this Bible to Jimmy Sportsman, wrapped in this prayer shawl, which underscores the importance of prayer in the life of any Christian leader. And I'm going to give it to our shepherds, who will pass it on to Jimmy with their blessing, which will be symbolized by the laying on of their hands. And I'd like to ask all the shepherds to please come up here at this time. James, or James Houston will be spokesman for our shepherds. Um, and he has some words to say in ordaining Jimmy as the minister of this church. James, for 16 years, i got to talk this way so this will pick me up. For 16 years, I have faithfully preached this word to these people. And every sermon has been cloaked in prayer in preparation and in delivery, serving alongside you and these other shepherds. It's been a great privilege and a delight. And I look forward to serving with you in the future in just a slightly different role. Today, though, as John said, I'm filled with joy to hand the bulk of the preaching and the ministry leadership in this church to Jimmy Sportsman. Jimmy, would you come up here and join us, please? Brothers, I recommend him wholeheartedly to you. And I pledge my support to Jimmy in every way to help him in his work for the kingdom in this place. This Bible, wrapped in a prayer shawl, is a symbol of the importance of the word and the importance of prayer in the life of any church leader. James, will you give it to Jimmy with your blessing? Greg, on behalf of the shepherds and the congregation, we want to thank you for a decade and a half of faithfully preaching word in this pulpit. Jimmy? look forward to a number of years of future service with, with this church. Slightly different role, but service nonetheless. Jimmy, on behalf of the shepherds and the congregation, we welcome you to the pulpit.
And there are no better words than the words of Scripture itself to welcome you. The charge that Paul gave to Timothy in 2 Timothy is the same charge that we, as your shepherds, and you as your church, give to Jimmy Sportsman. In the presence of God and of Christ Jesus, who will judge the living and the dead, and in view of his appearing and his kingdom, I give you this charge. Preach the word. Be prepared in season, out of season. Correct us. Rebuke us. Encourage us. With great patience, careful instruction. For the time will come when men will gather around them, teachers, they will not put up with sound doctrine, but instead to suit their own desires, they will gather around them a great number of teachers to say what their itching ears want to hear. They'll turn their ears away from the truth and turn aside to myths. But you, keep your head in all situations. Endure hardship. Do the work of an evangelist. Discharge all the duties of your ministry. Welcome, Jimmy Sportsman. Would you please, uh, please bow now, and Art's going to lead us in a prayer. Holy Father, we are so humbled by the fact that you've sent us this servant of yours. Humbled because, Father, you sent him to us even before we knew that he wanted to be even considered as our preacher. Father, we ask because you tell us to ask, and we receive because you always provide. We trust you, Father, and you, we trust you with all of our heart. Thanks, Father, for sending us this man who leans not on his own understanding, but acknowledges you knowing that you're going to direct his path and the path of this church. One who leans on Scripture daily for guidance and direction. Father, the shepherds in this congregation pray your blessing and only your blessing over him today and over Gail today. A blessing of knowledge of your word, a blessing of being open to the reception of your Holy Spirit in his heart every day for guidance and direction, a blessing of health for his, him and his family and long life. In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen and amen. amen. That last little bit that Greg just shared with me in my ear was the thing I was most hoping to hear this morning. I get the clicker. <laughs> I don't know how to use it, but I got the clicker. Every guy needs his remote, right? 
Oh, my goodness. It is just such an honor. There really aren't words that I can express in any form or fashion to be invited to be the senior minister of the Kerrville Church Christ. I cannot wait to meet every single one of you. I got a chance to meet Ann Parrish this morning. And I'll never forget Ann because she said to me, you look younger in person. (laughs) Please help me decipher that. Was that a compliment or not? (laughs) It's been humbling and honoring over the last two weeks to hear from the elders as to why that I had become the lead candidate for this position. Touching to hear why. I had become the lead candidate for this position. So many of you have expressed your enthusiasm and your hope and your encouragement that I would say yes. And Gail and I, it is understated to say this, but we've been overwhelmed. And we're so grateful. But I have to borrow Paul's words from 2 Corinthians chapter 3 when he says, If I am confident about anything connected with Christ, it is that I am not competent. To claim any gift or ability as having come from myself, my competence is from God. So I want to tell you, church, before we go another step further, if you see anything good in me, if there is anything noteworthy, anything praiseworthy about my life or my wife's life or my children's life, it is only because of Jesus. Only because of Him. And while I believe that this service is, is good, It's honoring. It's good for the life of this church. I can't wait to get the attention off of the sportsmen's and back on the one who is nothing but capable, nothing but worthy, nothing but the way, the truth, and the life. And that starts next week. (laughs) But before we wrap this up, I'd like to share one insight into my life if I can. I love asking questions I already know the answer to. I do. And so does Ryan DeHamer. Shortly after the conclusion of an Iowa State women's basketball game, Ryan asked Anna Prims, the six foot seven center of the Cyclones, to marry him. With 7,000 fans looking on, Ryan got down on one knee at center court, and with his ring in his hand, he popped the question. Now, despite all of his preparation, Ryan, a former college basketball player himself, told ABC Sports. I had to leave five minutes before the game even ended to calm myself down. He said, I was just gathering my thoughts, trying to get into this realization of all that I was about to do and ask Anna to be a part of. I know his nervousness. Much to Ryan's pleasure, Anna said, yes. And you can see it on YouTube, and it really is worth the time to Google that and to watch it. It really is fun. On Monday, January the 7th, Don Barnett and Donnie Lawrence invited me on behalf of the elders to be your senior minister. Now, I don't recall either of them getting on one knee, and there certainly wasn't any ring involved. But I think they asked me a question that they already knew the answer to. And I cannot put into words... How excited I am to say, yes, absolutely, with all of my heart, yes. But you need to know two of the reasons why Gail and I would even want to. Number one, 
Because we love the way you love your preacher. We do. Last January, Greg, he let you know that he wasn't at his best. And he needed a rest. And you as his church family offered to give him one. He wasn't hearing the call of God to get out of the game altogether. He was just hearing the need to get to the sidelines and to heal. And you have graciously said, yes, we will help you do that. That's what family does for family. Greg is asked to rest and to refuel and then to see what God has in store for him next in the kingdom. So for the next four months, we're going to decrease his responsibilities to half of what they were before I came. We're going to give him time to physically and spiritually heal and to replenish to a place where he can best discern how God wants to use his unique gifts and talents and abilities next. Greg and Debbie, I believe with all my heart, deserve that, not because of the amount of time that they have served this church, but the amount of love they have poured into this family. I love how you love your preacher. Especially when they're not at their best. Number two. I love how you love children and single moms when they're not at their best. Arms of Hope had a place in the sportsmen's lives long before we ever moved, even to Fredericksburg. For over four years, God blessed me with an opportunity to come down to Bandera and Medina. And for four years, guide access to your hunts for two of the kids there that were at the home. On the weekend, I was given the privilege of preaching to the staff and to those same children and those single moms that were part of Arms of Hope or then Medina's Children's Home when it was back at the Medina Church. Strangely enough, when I moved to Fredericksburg, 10 hours closer, I didn't have time for that outreach. Or I didn't make time for that outreach. I hope to repent of that soon. But when I heard that this church, this church, had welcomed the staff and the parents and the kids of Arms of Hope to come here. It was one of the leading reasons why I had to say, yes, I want to be a part of that. When Arms of Hope asks you, will you help single parents who need a second shot at life develop a platform by which they can springboard into a second chance? Would you help them? You said, yes. When Arms of Hope came to you and said, would you help us not just give a home to children in need, but to help be a church home for children in need, to help them grow in the full maturity and admonition of the Lord. You said, yes, we'll be a part of that. We'll be a part of the Lord's heart and vision to restore broken things. I want you to know not every church would be so quick to say yes to that question. It isn't easy to do what Jesus did for us, and that is to come get in the mess of our lives And to help us think for the moment that we could become better and then enable us to become better. You are reaching out to those who aren't asking for a handout. They're asking for a hand up. And I want to be a part of that. And so when the elders asked me a couple of Mondays ago, Jimmy, would you be our next senior minister? I think they were asking a question they already knew the answer to. Now, that's all good. However... To finish this deal, I need to ask you, the church, a couple of questions. I think I know the answer to them, but I need to hear them. For the next few minutes, I'm going to ask you three specific questions that I need for you to listen to. I need for you to carefully think about. 
and to verbally respond to yes or no. You ready? Please stand. First a statement. We all blow it. We all make mistakes and we need the grace of God and others to move past them. Preachers are not any different. So I need to ask, when I blow it, with you personally or with you collectively as a church, will those of you who've received grace offer me grace? If you will, respond by saying yes. Yes. Number two, I pledge to continue the legacy of preaching this living word wrapped and bathed in prayer every time that I do it. But the occasion is going to arise where you have a significant problem with my efforts. You will disagree with me. And when we do, I'm asking you, before you talk to anyone else about it, will you, number one, talk to God about it? And number two, will you talk to me about it? If you will do that, please signify by saying yes. I knew that one would be a little weaker. (laughs) Number three, the elders have identified preaching and leadership as two of the gifts that God's blessed me with. And they've asked me to use those gifts to help this congregation into the next chapter, into the next pasture, into the next dreams of the life of this church. And I have said, yes, I will do that. But I will not. Unless you do the same. I will not commit unless those of you who are followers of the Lord Jesus Christ will follow him with me. And those gifts that the Holy Spirit has given you that you too will bring those to the table to enable us to be all the church God ever dreamed for us. If you will do that, will you signify by saying yes? Yes. Then I'm in. I'm in. I love asking questions I already know the answer to. And if you have never said yes to Jesus Christ, If today is the day you'd like to make him Savior and Lord of your life, I would love for you to add your yes to our yeses this morning. My yes and this church's yes. Because I'm telling you, with Jesus Christ in your life, life is yes. Amen, Amen, church? And we want you to be a part of that. Don't miss another single hour of it. We're going to sing a song that thanks God for all that he has done in our lives to bring us to this point of the journey. Come get in it with us. The best way you can say thank you to him is to say count me in. I'm going to be standing right down here. And if you want to be baptized into Christ, you come find me. If there's any way that we can help bless you along this journey, please come find one of our elders at the back. But let's give God thanks and praise for all that he's done in our life's church.